Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. All right, the Cowboys. We could talk about the Cowboys ad nauseum. There's so much to talk about when Absolutely. it comes to this team. I'm a lifelong Cowboy fan. I'm sitting here with my Cowboy shirt on, repping them every year just to be disappointed. Now, they're America's team. They're still labeled America's team, but they're also the most hated team in the NFL, and I think there is good reason for that. Uh, Even as a Cowboy fan, it is very frustrating every year to talk the talk but not walk the walk, and that goes for the fans. That goes for the coaches, the players. You hear all this stuff. You even see glimpses on the field of this team being something special. And since I was basically born, this team hasn't even sniffed a Super Bowl. Not even sniffed it. I don't even, They haven't been to the NFC Championship since I was born. Now think about that. I know it's hard to accept with a lot of Cowboys fans, and there's a lot of reason why you can attribute this underperformance year after year. It starts at the top. And it's just like a disease. It spreads. And I don't think, as a Cowboy fan, you should like this. You You should want it to change and change soon. There is no reason why the Dallas Cowboys, the most wealthy franchise, most recognized, arguably, in the world, in the sports world, year after year, comes up short now we can get into the whys and we're going to and it starts at the quarterback position the quarterback position has the most eyes on it and you've had some okay quarterbacks over the years I wouldn't say any superstar quarterbacks since at least Troy Aikman I can't think I mean Romo put up great numbers you can't deny the stats you can't deny the numbers but it always seemed like in the big moments, he would choke. And I don't know if that's a product of the franchise, their mindset. I don't know where it starts. As a fan, I don't care. Just get it fixed. Now let's go to Dak Prescott, the chosen one, we thought. Rookie season, paired with Ezekiel Elliott. It looked like they were poised Both of them were poised to eventually get the Cowboys that Lombardi trophy that they've been waiting for since 1995. Yes, we've heard about the five Super Bowls. That only carries so much weight. People get tired of hearing that. I have no, you know, qualms with fans who are proud of the Cowboys history, but it's time to move on. All right, that's my that's my beef. The beginning of my beef. Now, Tyler, what's up? I want to hear your thoughts on this, and we'll start. You know, we can we can start with Dak if you want to. Okay. Why is Dak not able to break break through? And do you think he's going to break through this season, perhaps in the near future? What has to change? I think if any season is set for Dak Prescott to break out, this is the one. Um, when we had Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb together a few years ago, then Dak broke his ankle. I mean, everything just really wasn't 
and a proper flow. These guys weren't really getting chemistry together, especially in that first season where CD was a rookie. He had four starting quarterbacks that season between Dak, Garrett Gilbert, Andy Dalton, and Ben DiNucci. And just nothing was flowing through the course of that season. Um, and then coming into the next year, that was the return for Prescott. And they started out really strong. They lost that first game in a really tight contest with Tampa Bay. But everything just seems like it hasn't been in place. But it has at the same time, if that makes any sort of sense. So this is roster and coaching staff wise. I believe that this is the best system that Dak Prescott has had around him. Through his first couple seasons, Scott Linehan was the offensive coordinator. And he openly spoke about how he was having to change plays at the line or in Mm -hmm. the huddle. Because he knew this play wasn't going to work. I remember in the game against Philly, where it was Amari Cooper's first year, it was a late game. It was a back-and-forth contest. And two of the touchdowns that put the Cowboys in the lead were changed at the line by Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. So obviously, play calling has been a huge issue. And then everyone was extremely high on Kellen Moore. But us Cowboys fans know that he wasn't the right operator. It seemed like every play was predictable. Always started off with a, a, a run down the middle with Ezekiel Elliott, a short pass, yes. and then a comeback route on the sideline, or just something that wasn't going to move past the chains. You're not going to win football games by not pushing the ball downfield. So then they go in the offseason, they let go of Kellen Moore, and they're going to let Mike McCarthy, an offensive-minded coach who's won a Super Bowl, call the place. And then they're bringing in Brian Scottenheimer, the former mm-hmm. offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, who won them the Super Bowl. And that was the year they beat them like 43 to 8. So this is a proven guy with a proven system that works. So now we're out with the old, in with the new. Brian Scottenheimer's offense forms something that attacks the middle of the field. C.D. Lamb openly spoke in training camp the other day how the deep ball is finally back within the playbook. And when you then, you bring in Brandon Cooks into the mix, who is only 29, I believe, yeah, he, he's a pretty young guy. Uh, big history in the NFL. Everybody knows who Brandon Cooks is. Absolutely. Uh, you'd like to see the old Brandon Cooks kind of reemerge Absolutely. and give the Cowboys another another receiver. You know, they've got Gallup, which is arguably one of the most skilled receivers in the league. You're waiting, also waiting for that kind of breakout year from him. Absolutely. And then obviously we know what C.D. Lamb can do when he's not dropping easy passes. He's one of the most you know, explosive receivers in the NFL. And yeah, like you said, Brandon Cooks. And I want to talk about Dak a little bit yeah. more. I've been a huge supporter of Dak, and I still support Dak. He's the quarterback of my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. I've seen what he's capable of. We've all seen it. The frustrating thing is there seems to be a wall that, yeah. he, that he hits. And I don't... Yeah, and and, and you you see it a lot in the playoffs. That's probably more mental than anything. I think you're on to something with maybe a new, fresh offensive coordinator because, you know, we know what Jason Garrett. Yeah. Those years were dreadful. It seemed like it was just year after year mediocrity. Uh, Nothing was really getting changed. And then you hire Mike McCarthy, who is a Super Bowl winning coach. So he's got the pedigree. He obviously knows what he's doing. He did have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, but I don't care who your quarterback is. You need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You need a better coach. But you need a really good coach, and I think he is a good coach. And then you bring in a new offensive coordinator to replace Kellen Moore. With Kellen Moore, it just seemed like some of the play calls, it's almost like he was trying to hold Dak back or, you know, Just something, he was holding something back in the offensive playbook 
the offense just never seemed to really click and it and if it did click it wasn't consistent what are your thoughts I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Uh, as you said, holding Dak back was really the words that you used to describe what Kellen Moore's offense did. And I absolutely believe, um, like I said a few seconds ago, almost all of Kellen Moore's plays seemed predictable. It seemed like it was something that we had seen every single game prior. Obviously, all the opening drives, it felt like through the course of last season, felt the same. Here's a run down the middle with Ezekiel Elliott for two yards. Mm-hmm. Here's a throw in the middle of the field to Dalton Schultz that's a comeback route on three yards. And then here's a sideline throw that can't be placed perfectly because our receivers aren't able to create separation, and have a bigger gap. Well, I'll touch on this as well. I agree with, with, with what you just said. And Ty Richardson with the morning rush has said this repeatedly. If the Cowboys can't break the hump this year, I know you've got a new offensive coordinator, but year one, there is no, in my, in my opinion, you don't have time ever when you're the Dallas Cowboys. It's win the Super Bowl or bust every year. And I think a lot of fans feel that way. I don't know if the organization uh, truly believes that they can win the Super Bowl every year. They do a great job of you know, making us think that they have a shot every year. And then, obviously, they don't get it done. So... I think this year, with the poor quarterback play, you've got, as Ty said, in the national in the NFC. I mean, all the great quarterbacks are in the AFC. Absolutely, the AFC is loaded. And if you think about the teams in the NFC that Dak would potentially have to go through in the playoffs, I, I, listen, I know the playoffs are tough. There is no cakewalk in the playoffs very often, but. Dak has got to break through this year. I feel like the cards are in his favor. And I feel like with him, the situation has to be almost perfect because we've seen him with great running backs. At least Ezekiel Elliott was a great running back in his early days. And we you could even go back as far as Tony Romo. I mean, he had DeMarco Murray yeah. and a really good offensive line. Now, the defense was suspect. But you're not typically going to see just a – you know, a team that is perfect in every aspect. Now, last year, we've talked about this, Tyler. The Cowboys had a Super Bowl winning defense. They did. The offense didn't perform. The offense was the liability of last year's team. Yes, and that has to change. And on the defense, really, who have we lost? Nobody, really. We, we got better. Yeah, we got better in the defense. We went and acquired Stephon Gilmore early on in the offseason and then drafted uh, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan to address the nose tackle issue. That defensive line, you wanted to have Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Mozzie yeah. Smith. I mean, I mean, what more could you ask for? That is an elite defense. You've got Trayvon Diggs, as you just said, and you add a guy like Stephon Gilmore who has a great reputation in the NFL as one of the – one of the lockdown quarterbacks. Now, I think he's kind of getting up there in age, but he's still got some good years left. Absolutely, He has got some really good years left. And you want to see that product on the field. It seems like the Cowboys, at least in my opinion, have also missed out on getting that missing piece that you feel like is just missing. Uh, and this year, that could be Stephon Gilmore. You know, having two lockdown quarterbacks – on your defense, along with a great defensive line. The defense 
should be okay this year. It's loaded at all cylinders. And let's not also forget the safety room between Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, Jaron Curse. It's a three-headed dragon. They were great last year, and those guys are still pretty young and are, are probably only going to get better uh, apart from everything else. I mean, the defensive line is great. The secondary is great. And then Leighton Vander Esch is coming back yep. on a team-friendly deal who had a better season last year after struggling in seasons three and four. That's a great point about the linebacking position. Now, at, w- at one point in time, you felt like that may have been your strongest... Sean Lee. Strongest group on the defense. Yeah. And that was when Vander Esch was clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, Sean Lee wasn't bitten by the injury bug. And now it seems like Vander Esch is kind of following suit with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the J- uh, Jalen Brown, or is that his name? Jalen Smith used to Jalen be- Smith. He, was, he looked like he was going to continue to wreak havoc for the Cowboys and he kind of just fell off the map wasn't really making as many yeah. plays as he had normally been making so the defense I think will be okay the offense hasn't really lost anybody An- another guy that I think's key is uh Tony Pollard absolutely Tony Pollard you know he got banged up last year in the uh, NFC uh the divisional the divisional game and you know that could have been where the momentum kind of swung in the 49ers' favor because it was a back-and-forth defensive game. You know, Dak throws that pick down in the red zone. That didn't help. But, obviously, the 49ers went on to win that game. Dak, once again, I'll speak on that game in particular. That's kind of when I – don't, I, don't, I don't want to say I lost all faith in Dak, but I kind of did. And then they get a new offensive coordinator. All right, let's see what he can do. I'll give him one more year to prove to me and Cowboy Nation that with a different system, one that kind of favors him, he can shine. Now, does that mean we're going to win a Super Bowl? No, but we don't want Dak Prescott to be the reason that we lose a Super Bowl. Whether that's throwing a bonehead interception or two interceptions, you know, disappearing in big games. I just don't want Dak to be the reason. Now, I don't want there to be, you know, a glaring weakness on the defense either. I want, I just want Dak to come through when it matters. And I can wish this away. We all hope this. I just want to see Dak take that next step. And you made a great point, Tyler. Dak's th- coming up on 30. He just turned 30. Just turned 30. Peyton Manning didn't win his super, first Super Bowl until he was 30. About his, what, eighth it season? It was his eighth season that he eighth won his season first season in the Bowl. league. And Dak is going into his eighth season. Now, obviously, if you look at Peyton Manning and Dak Prescott, two totally different QBs. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be 
be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit GoPascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service, Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Dak Prescott, he leads his rookie season, I believe. He had the best rookie season of any quarterback ever, yardage-wise. So he's obviously got it in him to put up great numbers. You just hope the mistakes, he limits those mistakes. And that comes with progression, maturity. His eighth year in the league, I'm ready to see him take that next step. Yeah. To add on to something, the receiving core is upgraded. Last year, Mm -hmm. a lot of those interceptions that fell into Prescott's blame were through the hands of receivers. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars game, I know we lost that game in overtime because, first of all, the defense was the liability of that issue. Everyone took their shots at Kelvin Joseph, and they sunk them with – Zay Jones had his uh, really big plays that game. I think he had two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence was taking advantage of the mismatches. But when in the Cowboys' first drive in that overtime series, Kellen Moore calls a tight formation bundle where no one's going past the chains. Yeah. They're just gaining short yardage. And I can't remember if this was third down or something, but they put Noah Brown 
on an out route across the middle of the field where the defense is packed and Dak puts it right in his hands. I yeah. mean, he had it right in his hands like a baby in a carriage and it just, he no, it bounces out and then... You um, can't blame Dak for that. Yeah. And, and a, lot a lot of, of people that don't understand the game of football will always blame the quarterback when there's an interception. Absolutely. Uh, and I... and. You know, I'm smart enough to know that not every interception Dak throws is obviously on him. A lot of that can be the receiver running the wrong route or whatever the case may be. But you bring up the defense. You know, obviously in the NFL, the offenses are elite. They can score in a hurry. Your defense has got to be on point to keep your offense in the game, so to speak. And you're not going to, you know, throw a shutout every every week in the NFL. You're not going to put up 40 points every week. But what you would like to see is a little consistency on both sides. And once the playoffs come, you'd like to see, you know, and does obviously doesn't always happen. You'd just like to see a little more consistency. And I think, I'm not, I don't want to sell too much hope because Cowboys fans have a lot of hope every year despite getting let down. It, it's it's really remarkable if you think about Cowboy fans. I mean, we've got the history to fall back on. That's usually what we fall back on. That's only going to get us so far. But what was, I mean, what was that? Almost 30 years ago when they won the last Super Bowl? You just can't keep going back to that. You've got to move forward. you got to move past the past. And I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if the organization a.k.a. Jerry Jones, has really moved past the past. Is he hanging on to his laurels? Is he satisfied with what he did in the 90s? Is that why you don't see the Super Bowls? Haven't even sniffed a Super Bowl. That's no excuse to be America's team. You know, who doesn't want to play for the Cowboys? In the NFL, I mean, you. Anyway, you've got you've got to make changes at the top, and I don't think Jerry really knows how to get out of the way, and that's plagued them for a long time, and it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, and I don't know how else to say it. Until this team, until this organization wins another Super Bowl. They're going to be the butt of jokes. They'll always be in the spotlight. I, I just I don't think that's ever going to change with the way Jerry Jones is. The Cowboys, you know, they seem to always steal the spotlight. But as fans, what do we care about? We want what, a Super Bowl now. We want Super Bowl wins. I don't care how much money they make every year. I don't care how much tickets they sell. You know, I really don't. I don't care if they're on ESPN constantly. I just want them to win games. I honestly don't care if they're even America's team anymore. A lot of people have argued that they're not America's team anymore, and and I wouldn't dispute that. They used to be. They need to get back to that. And the only way to get back to being respected... Now, you'll always have haters. I mean, any, any good thing... Any person or team or any organization that's doing good usually has critics. The Cowboys will always have critics. They had them in the 90s. But what's fun as a fan, and I'm sure it's fun for the players, 
when they hate you because you're winning. That's the best type of hate to get. They hate you because you're winning. Yeah. And I want them to get back to that. I firmly believe that this year, if you don't make it to the NFC Championship, it's every it's year. A failure. In my eyes, it's every year. Now, whether that's realistic, probably not. If you're looking at it from a, another fan perspective of another team, you probably think it's silly. Well, I mean, you know, Cowboys are going to make the Super Bowl every year. They fall on their face. And they wouldn't be wrong. But it's got to change. It's got to change. I know we say this every year, and I might be guilty of it myself, but if there is a season where it's poised for the Dallas Cowboys to at least make a Super Bowl appearance, it's this season. Last year, they got they went 12-5 and five with issues that stuck out like a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. The wide receiver two position was absolutely chaotic. The cornerback two position was as well, and the nose tackle. And what does Jerry Jones do this offseason? He addresses all three of those issues and points them out and says, we're going to fix that. We're going to get it solved. You get Brandon Cooks. You get Stephon Gilmore. You get Mozzie Smith. Three extremely talented players who are going. You're not going to ask Brandon Cooks to be better than CeeDee Lamb, nor are you going to ask Stephon Gilmore to be better than Trayvon Diggs. They're going to feed off of each other like nothing else. And we're seeing it in training camp. The Dak to Cooks connection is amazing right now. I don't know how many clips I've seen of it, but they are clicking and CeeDee Lamb is looking better than he did last year. And if he takes another leap, that's going to be a scary wide receiving core for opposing defenses. Oh, no doubt. Now, you look at the defense. They're pretty strong in all areas, especially with the addition of Stephon Gilmore. But you think about it. When's the last time the Cowboys have really had two elite cornerbacks? I don't even remember. And... That's huge because you don't, you know, obviously that helps with safety help. You don't you don't have to worry about getting beat over the top as much. You can kind of play things in front of you. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a huge plus going into the Cowboys season this year. And I'm excited to uh, see what they've got, what they're going to put on the field. I really am. But I'm also going to go in with a uh, open mind and just try not to get my hopes up every year. As we wrap up here in this segment, I want to touch on a little bit of NBA. Now, we know the number one draft pick, Wimby, Wimby the guy, Wimby. the chosen one, the one that's getting all the spotlight, the publicity, freak of nature. Now, he's on your favorite team. Amen. San Antonio Spurs. And we, we can actually uh, kind of tie the Spurs into the Cowboys a little bit, except the Spurs' success was a little more recent. Yeah. Um, hasn't been over. It hasn't been thirty years since they've been relevant. The Spurs, one of the best franchises, maybe arguably, you could make the case that they are one of the best NBA franchises, maybe sports franchises, since maybe the two thousands. With Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, all the titles. Now it's like you don't even recognize them anymore. Now, you obviously, when you go on a run like the Spurs went on, you normally, when it ends, it kind of ends abruptly because obviously you don't go on runs like that very often unless you're, you know, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. That run, that almost seemed to never end. 
Now, Wimbanyana, the number one draft pick. Freak of nature. I want to know your thoughts on this guy. Is he a? Is he going to live up to the hype? Is he going to be one of those players that we're talking about 20 years from now? Who does he remind you of past, present, skill set-wise from one of the players in the NBA, other players in the NBA? Who does he remind you of and – what do you think he needs to improve on? I know we haven't seen much of him. We've just seen a couple preseason games. What are your thoughts on women, Yana? Well, first of all, Christian, he's not going to be a bust. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way now. I'm going to remain as professional as I can with this opinion. First of all, I believe that the mainstream media has set him up for failure due to all the expectations they have put on his shoulders. If Wimbanyama doesn't go out and average – 25 points and 12 rebounds in his first season. There's going to be people who say, oh, he's a bust. He's not that great. It's his rookie season. He's a rookie, guys. We can't lose sight of that. His rookie season is not going to be perfect by any means, and I hope it's not. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Now, skill set-wise, he reminds me of a Kristaps Porzingis as Mm -hmm. a skill set. As a player, not so much, but just by this tall, lengthy center build who can handle the rock and shoot it from all three levels of the floor efficiently, that's just kind of what I get from him. But it's better than what Porzingis has been able to do. Oh, I can go on and on about Porzingis being a Mavericks fan. I thought when him and Luka got together, they were going to be dynamite. I think I did too. I, I, I just thought, man, how do you stop this uh, seven-footer that can shoot threes? Now, his big weakness, talking about Porzingis, was – Injuries, and I think he was a little soft. And I don't mean that. I mean, I don't mean that necessarily mean that in a bad way, but he was a soft player. He wasn't a physical player. He was not physical. And and in today's NBA, you don't have to be extremely physical, but you do. When you play the position he played, you do. Shooting threes are great, but what when when they're not falling. I mean, he just kept relying to him. The three-pointer yeah. was basically the, the set-in-stone standard of his game. He loved to sit out there at the top of the three-point line and catch and shoot whenever the ball came his way. But as you said, when you're a center, you have to play physical basketball, especially in the NBA when this era of centers is evolving to a three-point set-in-standard. Women Yama can shoot the three-ball, yeah. but he's not an efficient three-point shooter. He loves to play around the mid-range and attack mm-hmm. the basket. What he's so gifted at is the ability to handle the basketball. Yes. We have never seen a seven foot five guy handle the basketball and move as quickly as the way he did with the ability to get to the basket. It's alien like yeah. how Wimbanyama is able to attack the basket. And it's only going to probably get better. I mean, yeah, it, I, I agree. I think, you know, rookies, when they enter the league, they have all this potential. And. I think he's got all the intangibles. I, much like Porzingis, as you, that was actually a pretty good comparison because just looking at Wimbanyana, having not having seen much of him, I'll admit, uh, on the court, it just he's a sl- tall, slender frame. You'd like to see him bulk up a little bit. If he can, if he can uh, actually bang a little bit down low, we know he's got the three point potential. If he can kind of make his presence known down low and not shy away from the tough twos, 
just get a little get a little uh, bulkier down there. I think he'll have a great career in the NBA, but that remains to be seen. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.